Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's the Speedway Show. An idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Speedway Show on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there, uh, all the men who are so often unappreciated, all the men out there who try so hard to be good fathers to their kids, sometimes with or without the cooperation of their moms. Uh, Today our topic is two excellent fathers. Excellent fatherhood is not about getting everything right every time. It's about hearts. It's about love, it's about consistency, and it's about being present. It's about struggling through the difficult questions and showing up even when it's really, really hard. And today we are going to celebrate all of you out there who are consistent, who show up, who do your best. And um, before we kick into our show, there are, I would suggest you visit thespeedwayshow.com or speedway.com because there is actually a lot of data that talks about um, how well children do when their dads are present and how high the risks are when dad is not there. So, for example, there is data that suggests, official U.S. data that suggests that 63% of youth suicides Um, are five times the average result from uh, households where the dad is absent. 70% of youth in state-operated institutions, nine times the average when dad is not there. And so there are behavioral disorder statistics. There is a higher incidence of high school dropouts. There is a higher instance of adolescents who turn to chemical abuse. There are studies that suggest that girls who grow up without fathers in their homes are much more likely to become sexually active much earlier because they're looking for that father figure replacement. So all kinds of things are good when dad is around and all kinds of things Uh, uh, all kinds of risks increase when dad is not around. To help me celebrate this topic and speak to this um, uh, stuff that we're we're chatting about is my friend Ron. And Ron is somebody that I invited to be on the show. I've known him for, gosh, Ron, you and I have known each other for, I think, a couple of years now, right? Yeah, three or four, maybe five. Yeah. And um, I have... I have watched Ron through sort of vicariously through the discussions that we have had uh, talk about his fathering experience, and I just very strongly that Ron, when I think of really good dads, I think of Ron, and that's why I asked him to be on this show. So, Ron, welcome to the Speedway Show. 
Well, Speedway, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words, and thank you for having me. When So now when we think about all of your fathering roles, you are a father, you are a grandfather, and you also serve to um, a whole host of children as a mentor. So tell us a bit about your son, and let's start with your son and your grandchildren. How old are they? Tell us something about them. Okay, well, I think we have a little bit of a unique family uh, situation. Uh, it's becoming less unique, I think, uh, as our country becomes more diverse and so forth. But we have a blended family. So I'm a uh, 52-year-old white male uh, that was born and raised in a very white-bred middle-class Rochester, Minnesota in the 60s and 70s. Uh, my son, Kendall, is currently 27 years old. But uh, when uh, I, we adopted him, he was a 12-year-old African-American male from the inner city. Uh, unfortunately, the first 12 years of his life uh, were pretty much a nightmare. He had just a, a horrific childhood, a lot of um, persistent abuse issues, and um, unfortunately uh, arrived in our household with some major emotional challenges to address. Um, fortunately, he's doing extremely well right now. We're incredibly proud of him, and he has presented me with two, I'm slightly biased, but uh, two amazing little grandsons. <laughs> So I have a, a beautiful five-year-old grandson named Caden, and I have a gorgeous little uh, two-year-old grandson named Kamari. They're both very smart. They're beautiful, happy little boys who have no doubt that they are loved by many, many people in this world. Well, and and for the audience, if you're if you're listening and and thinking, wow, that's a that's a pretty interesting description. Um, you will be interested to know that actually the cover picture for this show is of Ron and his son and his two, and, and I, I share your bias because they are absolutely gorgeous little kids. And uh, so if you visit com, when you look at the picture for the show, you're going to see Ron, who's quite the handsome gentleman, and his very handsome son, and his absolutely adorable children. So now I asked you to be my special guest because you are one of the most, and I don't say this just to be flattering, I say it because it, it, it really is true, you are one of the most devoted committed and dedicated fathers I know. And you've given us a little bit of a flavor of how challenging, because this isn't, you know, one of the things I like about your story is it's, it's probably um, consistent with a lot of parents' experiences in that many of us go through all sorts of life challenges with that involve our children. So I'm divorced, so... <laughs> I had the great life with the picket fence and mom and dad and the, the two kids and so on. And then the marriage fell apart. And so that challenged everything, including how do you parent and what is it that you, how do you, how do you insulate your children? So when you talk about some of the challenges that you have had, my guess is there are many listeners who have a whole host of challenges that they've had in their parenting relationships. So talk to us a little bit about your experience as a dad and however much information or detail you want to go into, some of the, just some of the ups and downs to give us a sense. Well, I'd say maybe the headline is um, it's been by far the most humbling experience of my life, uh, and it's not even close. Um, in my prior life, uh, I managed over 100 hard-charging executives around the world, uh, and I thought there were a lot of moving pieces there and a lot of challenges there. And uh, being the father of an extraordinarily challenging young man was literally 100 times harder than that and 100 times harder than I ever imagined. Uh, but I think the other side of the coin 
is it's been by far the most gratifying thing I've ever done as well. Um, you know, we, we um, my son and I shared a, a countless number of extraordinarily difficult moments, a lot of heartbreaking experiences, and uh, a lot of times we didn't think we were going to make it. Either one of us. When I talk about make it, I mean literally make it. You would literally survive. And, um, you know, watching him grow into a, a young man that literally defies the odds, it's almost bordering on miraculous, and watching him uh, turn into a phenomenal father himself um, is, without a doubt, the most gratifying thing I've ever done. And it, it just trivializes, you know, anything else I've ever accomplished in my life. And, again, it's, it's not even close. Well, fathering is a role that you have always taken very seriously from the time that you, in fact, I and I know this because I know you, before you even adopted Kendall, you took the whole idea very, very seriously. And I know you did a lot of soul searching um, before you and your wife adopted him and, and you sort of went into it. And granted, you didn't know what a challenge it would be, but you went into it with the very deepest of commitments. So you've always taken this role very seriously. Why is this role so important to you? Well, one of the, the things that I've told my son uh, is I believe that being a father is the second most important job in the world. Uh, and it succeeded only by being a mother. Um, you know, it, it's hopefully you're building, you know, the foundation for your kids and their kids uh, to be successful. I mean, if you do if, if, if you do it, if you're successful at it, you're literally, you know, creating multi generational success. Um, and, and it's incredibly gratifying to watch my son, you know, fulfill that role with, with his kids. And, and 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 kind of the unique challenge that we had um, with Kendall is, unfortunately, uh, you know, his his birth family uh, has had severe challenges for you know several generations. We've been able to trace back about three, and so. We're looking at not just trying to help one young man uh, become you know, successful and happy and well-adjusted, but literally trying to help turn around three or four generations of history and culture. And actually, that was one of the, the points that my son responded to most positively, and that was when we talked about don't just do this for yourself. Do it for your family. Do it for the generations that will follow you. And um, he's got a, a biological brother um, as well who's, who's doing very much the same thing. And, and um, to me, that's, you know, even makes it more gratifying and makes it more important because it's not just one or two lives you're changing. It's literally generations that follow. Uh, and, and I can't imagine, you know, I've been very lucky professionally. I, I had some great opportunities and I was able to accomplish some things I was very proud of. But... Um, Compared to what this is all about, they, they're just literally trivial. They, they don't mean anything. And um, I just can't imagine anything else that I could do uh, that would ever make the impact um, upon others as well as uh, my own internal growth and my own internal uh, development and gratification that, you know, being a father to my son has, has delivered for me. Well, and now when you talk about the generations, you actually get to see it. Because now when you, when you look at the babies, and I call them babies because they're always going to be his babies, your babies. When you look at Caden, and he was the, he's the five-year-old, so he's the older one. When you look at him and how different his life is compared to all the challenges that Kendall had been through, even by the time he was five, 
don't you just feel that, I mean, it's like you can actually see the difference in this kid's life based on all the things that he's not going to have to go through, right? So doesn't, how does that make you feel when you see that? Uh, I mean, that's, that's literally indescribable because um, especially my son's first five or six years were just a, a nightmare beyond belief. And um, to watch, you know, his two little boys completely not have a doubt in the world about that they're in a safe, secure environment, that, you know, two families and extended families love them to death. And, um, you know, they, they just they have this sense of security. They have this strong sense of self-esteem um, that is exactly what, you know, young um, young children need to be successful and to grow up with. And, and to watch my son be, you know, and, and I have an incredible daughter-in-law, Charlay, who uh, I couldn't have asked for a better mother of my grandchildren. But to watch those two establish that foundation for two, those two young boys in ways that my son did not have the opportunity to benefit from when he was a young child, um, it just doesn't get any better than that. I mean, one of my favorite um, things and is I was blessed with an incredible mom. And I, I lost my dad about 24 years ago, so... Uh, but I, I had an incredible mom, and my mother, being a great-grandmother, is, is the center of her world. She's just, just I, I call my grandkids organic Prozac because it's, you know, it's impossible to be depressed with her <laughs> or with them around, and uh, she likes to like a Christmas tree every time she sees them. But when I watch my mom watch my son impart the same lessons to his kids that she imparted to me and I imparted to him, the smile on her face, is just priceless. Wow. That's pretty amazing. And and you and I didn't talk about this um, as, a, as a topic to cover before, but it, it just strikes me when you talk about your, your job and how, you know, it probably resonates with a lot of us who are professionals out there because you were in a position where you were incredibly successful uh, as a professional, and therefore you had a lot of control in your world at the time. And the, I, I would guess that there was such a shift between being able to get up and go to work and being able to control so much of your career, your life path, your environment, the outcomes, the successes that you had, versus coming back home and being a dad in this, you know, really chaotic sort of environment where as a parent you're a parent for the first time, was there a huge, I mean, when I think about it, there's a palpable difference and there's a, I, I, I wonder if there was a sense of helplessness that you had because when you're a parent, you, you, you have so little control. Yeah, I mean, you're touching on a topic that we can talk about for days because um, it led to a complete, literally, like I literally had to break myself down to bare bones and reevaluate my core values, my core beliefs, um, you know, my identity, everything. And um, my my son taught me some incredibly powerful lessons uh, that literally led to me redefining who I am as a person out of necessity, out of the, in, in order to survive. And, and that control issue was very much one of those. And, and um, 
you know, one of the things that he taught me essentially was uh, to completely redefine success. I, I you know, was uh, came from we we had you know, a lot of challenges when we were growing up. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money, and, and uh, you know, we had to struggle to just pay the bills and get through the day. And um, as a result of that, I, I kind of was probably overly focused on external external you know measurements of success, and um, was very successful at that. And I felt like I had a lot of control over it. And and one of the things that my son taught me, dealing with my son, is success at the end of the day, is one thing, and that is whether you can look yourself in the mirror and know that you gave it everything you possibly had. And if you've done that, the outcome is almost irrelevant because all you can do is give it everything you possibly have. And as a father, he made me realize that because um, part of being able to deal with him and, and try to be successful in dealing with him was I had to accept the fact that I do not control the outcome on this one. I can, you know make all the right calls, I can work my ass off like I never had before, which I did, you know, by the temple. And he still might not make it. And I have to figure out how am I going to be able to get through the day or get through life and survive if that's the case. And and so he made me, you know, really dig deep and learn some things about me uh, that I'm very, very thankful I, I learned and that, you know, he helped me teach, that he helped teach me early enough in my life where I could make the transformation and not, you know, have the regrets that I would if I learned those things from 75 years old. You know, learn what's really important and uh, what real success is and what it isn't and quit chasing, you know, the wrong stuff. So speaking of what's really important, you, especially in the world of moms, we there is sort of always an underlying debate between to work or not to work. And there are, I know a lot of moms who feel guilty because they work. I know a lot of moms who feel guilty because they don't work. <laughs> and um, there, there isn't a lot of discussion about that decision when it comes to fathers. And as you're talking about your career, I, I, it strikes me to, to ask you about this because you made a decision about working and that great job that you're so successful at at a point in your life cycle as a dad. Um, do you want to share with us a little bit about the decision that you made? Sure. Um, well, um, without getting into a lot of the details, uh, well, there's a statistic that they don't tell you when you're looking at adopting uh, children with special challenges. And that is 90, I think it's 93% of couples with special challenged children uh, don't make it as a couple. They get divorced. And oh, unfortunately, really? my, yes, uh, I believe that's an accurate number, very close to it. And um, unfortunately, we were part of the 93%. We, our, our marriage did not survive. We had other issues as well, but it's, it's certainly other major issues. But it's, it's a real challenge. And so I found myself uh, fairly early on, um, you know, in my relationship with Kendall as a single father. And um, given I was working 75 hours a week, I was on the road 200 days a year, I was overseas 50 days a year, uh, and my son had severe challenges, those two were not compatible. Um, so I had a choice, it was career or my son. And um, I was blessed that financially, um, I had the luxury of being able to make that choice uh, without having to worry about paying the bills. 
Um, it was a major sac financial sacrifice, uh, but I still was able to maintain the lifestyle I'm accustomed to and take care of my family and, and be home as a father. And so I made that, you know, that choice when I was 39 years old, and um, I've never regretted it for a day. And um, I, I don't believe that I would have the family I do today if I had not made that choice. Wow. And any regrets about that? Because you've, you've you know, never gone back, so you retired. You've never gone back to the workforce. Do you have any regrets? You know, I, I used to have little pangs every once in a while. Like uh, I remember bumping into a guy who was a colleague of mine and um, at some event, and he had just flown in from Aspen, you know, where he's got his uh, ski chalet, and he's the CEO of a major company. He's got a private jet and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, I, I'm kind of like, man, that sounds pretty good, you know. And and I, you know, I don't. And I'm, I just can't work it. I was headed that way. You know, so yeah, you, know, you get a little pang, and then you know, yeah, that takes you about three minutes when you start to look at it, and you look back at your kid, and you look back at your grandson, and you say, this is no contest, you know. Um, private jet, ski chalet, in Colorado, and all that. No, I would take what I have every time in a heartbeat. Um, so, and, and, you know, I certainly could go back to work now, uh, but, you know, after dealing with, um, you know, the challenges that uh, my son and I faced together, um, just trying to go make a bunch of money really doesn't, it's just not a passion. And instead, I try to leverage the, um, the knowledge I've gained by, you know, dealing with my son and the things that he's taught me and combine that with my business expertise, and I, I do a lot of volunteer work and a lot of philanthropic work and a lot of work in, you know, with nonprofits so trying to help, um, you know, challenging young, um, you know, adolescents, and especially, um, you know, inner-city African-Americans and so forth. Uh, and to me, that is infinitely more gratifying than to be part of the corporate machine anymore. Do you think that you would be serving in that role as a mentor had you not had all of the experiences that you've had as a dad? Would Certainly that not be a level. That would have been interesting. Okay. No, I, I think it would have been interesting. To me, I think, first of all, I would have probably focused much more so on what traditional mentoring, um, you know, you focus on academics and, and jobs and things like that. Uh, and a number of the mentoring roles that I've played started that way, but they very quickly grew into much more robust um, focusing on life. And, and um, that part has been much more rewarding for both myself and, and the, you know, the young adults that I've worked with. Uh, and so I, my guess is I'm a, a lot more effective as a mentor than I ever would have been if I had just didn't have these experiences to draw upon. And, and I know that I'm learning an awful lot from the young men and women that I mentor um, because Dealing with my son has taught me how much I can gain from their perspective and from their points of view and their perspectives, where I'm not sure I would have had that same receptivity if I had, uh, didn't have those experiences just stayed on the corporate track. What have you enjoyed most about being a dad? And maybe there's not one thing, but when you, when you think about the fact that, you know, there's no contest between the financial wealth and the success you could have had had you stayed in the workforce versus what you have gained as a father, what are the things that stick out? Well, I mean, first and foremost, it's just watching, watching him grow, you know, watching the transformation. Um, 
you know, the odds when he was a late teen, you know, the odds of him being a successful adult, a happy, well-adjusted adult, uh, of being a great father, I mean, statistically, it was almost non-existent, uh, given, you know, the challenges that he dealt with um, in his, his life and some of the experiences he'd gone through. And, um, you know, he still faces his challenges. There's no doubt about it. We all do. But he's, he's a good person. He's got a great heart. Um, you know, he's a, a kind, um, giving, caring young man. And, um, you know, watching him transform into that has been incredibly gratifying. I mean, just a couple of examples. When we, you know, adopted him the first couple of years, um, he couldn't give anyone a hug. It was one exception, my mother. My mother basically tackled him the first time she saw him and did not give him a choice. And for many years, I was the only person he would hug. And he couldn't say I love you to anybody. And uh, now my son is the biggest huggy you've ever seen. And every time we talk on the phone, he doesn't care who's around. He always ends the conversation with, I love you, Dad. And, and you know, does the, same, does the same thing with his boys. And that is an entirely different human being, you know, than what we saw at 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh, and then probably the most gratifying thing of all is, like I mentioned earlier, is, is you know, he's an incredible dad. Um, I, I couldn't have dreamed or, you know, hoped he'd ever be as good a dad as he is. And um, watching him impart those same, many of the same lessons, lot, you know, some different, some, you know, because he's, he's definitely a different, very different person than I am. But, you know, watching him take some of the stuff that I could have swore went in one ear and out the other, you know, year, many, many years ago, <laughs> and watching him teach those same lessons to my son and my grandsons. And, and one uh, time I didn't, I don't think he knew I heard this, but um, he was playing with my five-year-old. I say my, I should say his, but I can't. That's, you know, my five-year-old. There you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're my babies. And um, especially since I didn't get those experiences because my son was 12. So he's, um, I didn't get mm-hmm. to share those experiences when he was around, so I'm enjoying them more now. But I was watching him talk to my son, a grandson, and he kind of pointed to me. I was reading the newspaper or something. He said, oh, there's the go-to guy. You know, that's, that's your go-to. You know, there's the go-to guy. Uh-huh. That's the guy you go to, you know, when you need good advice, you know, and you need somebody who you, you know has your back. And uh, given the battles he and I had, because you wouldn't believe the, the wars that we fought, um, mm-hmm. that's a pretty, pretty gratifying thing to hear. Wow. That's impressive. There are a lot of men out there who are not engaging in that role as a dad. And... There are some who have all sorts of misconceptions about what it really means to be a dad and, and the level of, I don't know, perfection maybe that they feel like they can't attain. So when you think about what's really important about being a dad, what are the things that, in your mind, really make the difference? Well, I can only speak, you know, to my situation and my son. And we had some unique challenges, but I think, you know, first and foremost uh, is unconditional love. And, you know, building this incredibly deep trust that no matter what, they know you are always going to be there. You are going to always love them. And even a week or two ago, my son kind of got into it. And I just reminded him, I said, you know, right, you know, I always love you, but right now I don't like you very much. Mm-hmm. But the love is always there. It's unconditional. And, and uh, you know, my mother was an incredible role model at that. And she taught me that. 
and um, it took it took seven years for my son to buy it. For seven years, he he was convinced I was going to bail. Everybody else had bailed. I'm going to bail too. So after seven years, he finally came home one night and told me, "I don't understand it, but I get it. You're here for you know you're here for the long haul." And um, he he now he he never questions that, and his kids never question it with him, which uh, is is pretty cool. I think the second thing um, is preserve the relationship at all costs. Um, you know, there are so many times when, you know, you want to look at it as a teaching moment or, you know, you want to just, you, you know, you're going to lose it. You know, you did something incredibly stupid, incredibly dangerous, and you're going to lose it. You just want to go off. And, and the thing that I was very cognizant of was when the conversation stopped, my ability to influence him stops. So the thing that I always put at the highest priority was no matter what, we're going to be able to talk about everything. And that lots of times that meant me biting my tongue so hard it was bleeding, you know, some of the things that he shared with me um, that terrified me. They literally terrified me. But I knew if I let him know I'm freaking out, if I judge him, if I condemn him, these conversations will stop. And if I don't know what's going on in his life, I can't help him. And um, I, I know we had some conversations that if my mother ever heard them, oh, my God, she would have freaked out. But um, that, I, and I, I think I was able to keep that on the forefront of my mind in some extraordinarily difficult moments. Uh, and I think that was critical. And the last one would be, it's a really tough call, but you can't, insulate, at least in my case, I couldn't inflate my son from the natural consequences of his actions. Um, you know, he, he knows I'm always going to love him. He knows I'm always there. But I had to let him know that, uh, and he made some incredibly huge mistakes that he's paid dearly for, and I had to let stand by and let him pay that price. Uh, because I knew that the, the, the consequences were only going to get worse down the line. And if I insulated him, if I bail him out, um, mm -hmm. he's not going to learn the lesson now. He's going to have to, you know, he's going to, the, the stakes will escalate. And next time he may not survive the lesson. And that was incredibly difficult to do, uh, to let him suffer some of the pain that he had to suffer. And, I mean, you know, as a mother, you know, when your kids are in pain, you're feeling every bit as much of that pain and maybe more than they are. But, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be strong enough to let them suffer that pain knowing it's in their best interest to do so. Well, and I think that's probably one of the hallmarks when I think of you as a father and, and, you know, the dads that I really admire. It's being able to hold yourself in and let your child suffer those consequences because even when I think about my girls and for those times when I allow that to happen, um, you know, if they've got issues with other kids at school, I don't swoop in to fix it. I sort of look at them and I go, oh, that's really bad. What are you going to do? And, um, uh -huh. and it's, it's not for lack of caring, but it's, it's just that knowledge that, number one, this is when the lesson is cheap. And if I don't let you less, learn the lesson when it's cheap, just like you said, it gets progressively expensive. And in your case, you know, there's a really real threat that this kid might not even survive. If the lesson really escalates, but also even for my girls, part of the reason I have to let them learn the lesson is because I know that there will be a day when I'm not going to be there, 
I won't be there to pick up the pieces. I won't be there to fix the problem. And they had better learn how to do it for themselves because they're going to have to sooner or later figure it out. I think that's actually you know, a huge point because um, there's only so long that you can insulate your kids. And eventually they're going to be exposed to all the garbage. And if you haven't helped them develop the tools to deal with it, they're going to be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And and to do that, you have to expose them you know, to some difficult situations in a measured manner so they can build up the capability to deal with it. Uh, otherwise, yeah. when they leave the nest, you know, they're just not going to be prepared to handle, you know, it's a very difficult world that we live in. There are some men out there who have children and who are not involved in their lives. Or maybe they're involved on a very sort of tangential basis. This is here one weekend and gone the next and they're not terribly consistent. What would you say to, to those dads? Well, what's kind of interesting is... Um, Probably the thing that made me really think about that and crystallize that question in my head was on a couple of occasions I've been asked to essentially anonymously father a child um, with no further obligations. Um, and uh, I just couldn't even begin to wrap my head around it. Uh, I just mm-hmm. couldn't fathom knowing that I had a child out there that I wasn't as involved in their life as I possibly could be, that I wasn't doing everything in my power to give them the best opportunity to be successful and to be happy. Um, so to me, if you, know, if, if you have a kid in this world and you're not there for them, uh, you know, you're missing the most important and the most gratifying experience of your life, and, and I don't think it's even close. So your kid is losing out on, you know, all of the amazing advantages of having an engaged, committed father, but as a father, you're losing out on every bit as much as your child is. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I, and I think, to your point, too, a lot of moms get it wrong, don't they? Because there's so many moms. I can't tell you how many dads, you know, and I'm a lawyer. I used to do divorce law and I used to do juvenile law where we, you know, dealt with paternity issues for parents who had never been married as well as parents who had been married. And I think a lot of mothers get it wrong because so many moms discount the value of dads. And there are a lot of dads who end up not being involved with their children because of the moms, because the moms use the children as a weapon sometimes. I'm angry with you and the relationship fell apart, so I'm going to use the kids as the pawns to punish you and I'm not going to let you see them. And meanwhile, they don't get the fact that actually the biggest casualties in that kind of game are always the kids. No, I, I completely agree. And, and I think that is, you know, one of the most selfish things you could possibly do. Um, but I, another lesson I learned from my, my, my son, a very important one, and that maybe it was more obvious to other people, but it was not at all to me, is, is anger is almost always driven by pain and fear. And I think the, the situation you're describing uh, are some, you know, very angry mothers that are very hurt and very fearful mm-hmm. of, you know, hurt from the abandonment and fearful of um, the challenges they face as a single mother. And, and I think that's where a lot of that anger comes from. And, and um, 
I just think it's important to understand when we have those feelings, where they're coming from, and, and the the, uh, the negative consequences, the damage that can result, and, and to try to re-anchor back to what's really important. And, and in this case, it's what's best for your kids. And, um, you know, I, my ex-wife's an amazing woman. Um, I still probably have more respect for her than maybe any other person I've ever met in my life. Um, and we obviously had our challenges, and, and uh, but... Uh, one thing I, I feel very good about is I don't think I've ever said a negative word about my ex-wife to my son, ever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's easy to do because she's an incredible woman. But to do anything differently would be incredibly unfair to him and incredibly unfair to her. And, um, you know, any issues that we've had are between us. They're not, you know, there's no need to put, try to put him in the middle. Well... Thank you very, very much, Ron, for joining me today on this very special show. And uh, anything else you want to say to us in parting before we sign off? Well, I guess just the last thing I'd say is, you know, any of those prospective fathers or, or fathers out there who might be aren't as engaged as they could be, you know, fatherhood isn't a hobby. Um, and I just ask, you know, the questions, who could possibly deserve t- your time more than your kids? And, you know, nothing can be more gratifying than helping kids grow and reach their potential. So, um, to me, you know, you're missing out. It's like going to an amusement park and skipping the signature roller coaster ride. It's the ultimate highs, it's the ultimate lows, but uh, to me, it's just, I can't imagine not having my family and my boy and my, my grandsons. And um, I think if, if anybody gives it a shot and really gives it their best, they will find that the rewards are so worth it that uh, it will be the best decision they ever make. Fantastic. Anybody you want to give a special happy Father's Day recognition to? Well, obviously I have to uh, welcome my, get, offer my son a, a happy Father's Day. Uh, he's the most important father in my life. Um, you know, given that I've, I lost my father a number of years ago, uh, so I hope he has a great one. And I know he's working tomorrow, and he's working hard, and I'm proud of that. So uh, I hope he has some time afterwards to spend with this amazing little boy. Fantastic. Well, Ron, thank you very much for joining us on the Speedway Show. This is Speedway saying happy, happy Father's Day. I wish happy Father's Day to my dad, uh, the late Dr. <laughs> Henry Vusomoyana, who... I'm sure can hear me somewhere out there. And uh, a special round of applause for all of the dads, including my special guest, Ron. And um, happy Father's Day to James, my ex-husband, who has always been a phenomenal father to our girls. And all of the fathers in my life, I've been fathered actually by a lot of people in my in my family, we are we are truly a village. We're, we're actually a clan. <laughs> we call ourselves a clan because we're big. So happy Father's Day to all of my uncles, all of those who raised me, Uncle Combo, Uncle David, Uncle Toby, Uncle Reuben, Uncle Wilson, Uncle Steve, Uncle Goni, Uncle Jeffrey, Uncle Fungai, Uncle Lovson, Uncle Charles, Uncle Aaron, and happy Father's Day to my beloved Keith, who is an exemplary father as well. So happy Father's Day to all of you, and until next week, this is BYA saying go in peace and revere those fathers. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, 
and love deeply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.